You're watching the Propaganda Report podcast. This is a DPP of sorts for patron viewers live right now. It's a bit of a new format for those who are joining us. It won't always be disappearing like it used to. What I want to do is I'm going to start doing interviews for a portion of it. And then after that, I'm going to stick around and hang out with patrons. And whoever joins us is welcome to do that as well. I know Tim has a show after this, so I don't think he's going to be able to stick around much after the interview. But we're going to talk about your show and stuff. And our guest, as you can see him on screen right now, is Tim Andrews. He is a brilliant comedic voice. For those of you who are in Atlanta, you're probably familiar with him. He's a man of many voices. You can hear him on the Von Hessler Doctrine on WSB from 9 a.m. to noon. He's host of a pop culture podcast, Radio Labyrinth. Did I say that right? I always mispronounce that word. Yes, it's Labyrinth, but sometimes people call it Labyrinth. Okay, yeah, good. I think I usually call it the wrong one, so I'm glad. <laughs> oh, I'm it's right. Radio Labyrinth, yeah. Sweet. yeah. And he also is a host of a new weekly WSB show called The Popcast. Tim, thank you for being here today. We've been trying to make this happen for like a couple of years now, I think, and yeah. I'm glad to finally have you here. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I think the last time I did something podcast-related with you was who was the the guy from the Conspiracy Podcast? I can't remember his name, but he was driving in his car. The Conspiracy Podcast. Tinfoil hat guy. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, you, you popped in with Tripoli. Yeah. You're the DPP that That's one time. That's right. Sam Tripoli. Sam is, Sam's, I mean, Sam was already pretty big. He's blown up in the conspiracy world. He's huge on Rockfin right now, too. He actually came and did a show in Atlanta like six months ago, maybe. That's mm -hmm. something I've noticed with comedy. I think that's a good launching off point. And I, I want you, in fact, before I go into that, I want you to tell us about your shows first because I want people to hear about what you do because there's a number of things that I like about your shows. On the Von Hessler Doctrine, like I, I, I love everybody on that show. You're the reason that I listen to it, if I'm being honest with you, because you, you, you improv. So I'm impressed with your ability to improvise among the crowd. It's like sometimes four, sometimes you might even have somebody else in there. And mm -hmm. you guys do a really good job of kind of passing the focus. And you guys seem to understand each other very well. And to me, I'm listening to that. I'm hearing news, but I'm also hearing fun improv going on. I think that you're kind of the engine of that. Well, thank you. The, the improv improvisation that we do on the show, it's it's generally me, Autumn, and and Eric. Eric usually does the setups or he'll give us, you know, a premise. And a lot of times during the commercial break or maybe before the show, we'll kind of map out what we're gonna do. And I always take it a little bit further because, you know, why reveal everything? Um, you know, why reveal your cards when you don't have to? But the way we bounce back off back and forth uh, with each other to me is amazing and i i love it it's like you're playing in a jazz band and uh, the, and you, you're just like okay or you're improvising like the grateful dead in between songs yeah. and then getting to that right flow of characters is just something that's a lot of fun and it's yeah. something that i used to do under a street light uh on my street when i was 12 years old and now i'm doing it on the radio so it's fun. really so that's how you kind of honed your craft of impersonate some people say impersonating others say impressions which which do you i think is impersonating i'm more of a mimic i think than anything else because there's only a couple of people that i can do a real solid impression of that i can have a conversation as you know what i mean but i can pick up things and you know put a little twist on it and go um, if I worry in my head too hard about doing an impression or impersonation, then I don't get it. And then I'm stuck in my head. So I just try to barrel through, but okay. to me is easy. And uh, to answer your question though, consuming media from the moment I was born, just nonstop watching television, television was my babysitter, uh, watching old shows, new shows, talk shows, comedians and stuff like that. And then regurgitating that into my own stuff 
It's just something I've always done. Yeah. Yeah, you're fantastic at it. I love to hear you and we have a uh, a mutual friend, Josh. You guys both do Trump impersonations, and I like hearing you guys. Too, yeah, That's yeah, he's awesome. he's very good at it. We we had we we did something on the phone the other day where it was Klaus the the World Economic Forum players. Josh actually came up with that line, but we we started out where it was going to be Klaus Schwab if he were hosting an improv show, and he brings right. out Kissinger and brings out all the other people. Josh was passing around all all the voices and. We have a lot of we had a we have a lot of Klaus Schwab great reset sketches that we'd like to film one day that would they're only a small percentage of the population would get, but we would really we would I think more like, people need to know who Klaus Schwab is, what the World Economic Forum is, yeah. and the best way to do that is through comedy and to mock him. And uh, you know, you won't get that on Saturday Night Live because oh, uh, the people that all <laughs> that were all uh uh I don't know molded by that wef are now running everything so they're not going to allow themselves to be mocked did i just say right. something crazy i don't know yeah did you see the newest saturday night live this past weekend no i don't watch it anymore i know you like to hate watch things <laughs> i totally yeah. love it. that's the only reason i watch most of the stuff that i watch i was actually disappointed in the last she hulk because i was like that wasn't a bad episode <laughs> i haven't seen one i watched some dialogue clips i watched some not necessarily trailers, but just clips of it on YouTube. And I, I realized that it wasn't made for me. I'm not the demographic for that show at all. I'm not quite sure who is. I, I saw a commercial for Verizon Airlines. Did you, not Verizon, uh, Virgin, Virgin Airlines. Did you see that? Is she in it? No. It, it's, it's a commercial that I think is playing to none of their target audience. It, it is, they switched up their gender uniforms. So oh. it's a commercial. It starts off like you're in like a European clubs. Like doo, 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 doo. And then there's just, you see people walking on a runway and I saw the stewardesses, except the, the role reversals, the gender roles are changed. At one point there is a, a tall black man wearing a really tight, sexy stewardess shirt and red high heels walking down hippie, like down, down the, the red carpet. And I'm going, Who's watching this and going, I'm flying, I'm flying, you know, whatever, Virgin Airlines next time. There's going to be a lot of legroom because I don't think there's going to be too many people flying after these commercials. See, those commercials aren't made to sell tickets. They're made to get people talking about the airline. And that's all all commercials are nowadays, yeah. unless it's a car dealership or something that's informative. Because commercials used to be hey, we have this and it's cheaper and it's better and you can buy it here and go. But now they're not like that at all. You know, like in anything that innocuous, like razors, razors don't need a woke message. But if the company wants uh, people talking about them, then they have to have a woke message. So that Virgin commercial, yeah. this is stupid. I record everything. Uh, if I'm not watching it on a streaming service, I'm recording it and then fast forwarding through that because I just can't take it. I know everything's... I hate to say it, but I'm sort of black pilled, you know, that term where it's yeah. beyond red pill. It's just like, oh, Jesus, everything is bullshit. Everything is bullshit. It's it's hard to not think that way sometimes. But so I, I get the black pill aspect of that. My, I try to I try to always spin that in. Like, I think they kind of have a revelation of the method thing going on where they want to reveal a lot of this stuff to us. In a lot of these CIA manuals, they talk about and propaganda literature from like the 1920s, they talk about when you can't conceal information anymore. When it's going to get out either way, you try and release it on your own terms and you try and obviously minimize it and play up other things like they do. And I feel like one of the things they're doing is trying to kind of normalize some of this behavior, uh, obviously. But I, I also, it gives me optimism 
that they know that they have to win back our trust. Like the whole World Economic Forum thing, one of the main themes is, and they said this, the world public does not trust us anymore. They don't trust the elites of the world, not just in the U.S., but around the world, and we have to win back their trust, and they're currently trying to do that. So I find hope in that, even though it is all bullshit. It's, right. it's all totally bullshit. And how powerful are they really? Who are they? What do they do? How much impact do they have on the world? Right. Why are they allowed to have that much power over, yeah. over certain people? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But, you know, like Justin Trudeau, the, the, Cat, the uh, yeah. Castro prime minister of Canada. Yes, he is. I believe <laughs> that. But he, I mean, he looks like him when Castro was younger. Um, but that guy, how, how, why is he educated by that organization? And what does he do? It doesn't seem to me that that guy has any sort of, first of all, masculinity or leadership ability or anything of that nature. And yet he runs a, a, a big, powerful Anglo country and by most accounts running it into the ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's the public face of it anyway. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, we have Biden. It always blows me away when Biden comes out and says, my, my build back better plan or whatever. When I heard exactly what he just said verbatim from the Council on Foreign Relations panel discussion three months earlier or, or from the CSIS panel discussion, the World Economic Forum, they're just programming him with words. And he comes uh -huh. out and he's not playing. My, so it's not his plan. He's just a, a puppet delivering a message. And I also think a lot of that Virgin Atlantic stuff, I think they I always look up the companies to see what their ESG rating is with the World Economic Forum. And almost every single time, they got a pretty good rating because they're getting that money from BlackRock it, it, because they, that way they can cover their expenses they lose for the, the yeah. customers that they, they don't get because of that stuff. A lot of people don't understand that these companies that do these things, they, are, they know that they're losing money, but they have the ESG rating and then they get the money from the BlackRock, whatever the hell that is. I know Absolutely. <laughs> this guy's like, I, I'd, I'd never Larry heard of BlackRock Fink. a few years ago. Yeah, Larry, Larry Fink. Larry Fink, an yeah. aptly named man. And he was a guest speaker, a featured speaker at the reemergence of the Clinton Global Initiative a couple of weeks ago. Did you see that? They came back. Mm. Yeah, so it was the same weekend as all that. It was right after the Queen's funeral, and then everybody went to New York for whatever that UN General Assembly it was, and it was during that same weekend. So they all just went over to the reemergence of the Clinton Global Initiative, which shut down in 2016. They say because of some of the accusations and because of Hillary Clinton's campaign. I think they shut down because they – because what's-his-name Epstein – was one of the people who created it, and they wanted to kind of silence that until they could bring Epstein back into the conversation again. So I reminded everybody that the Clinton Global Initiative and Epstein's founding of it is in the plea negotiation letter that Dershowitz wrote and his team of lawyers wrote to the judge down in Florida in 2005 that got Epstein that sweetheart deal. It's his founding of that. Now that organization is back, and Larry Fink of BlackRock and the ESG fame is one of the featured speakers at it. Well, to quote uh, the great... Bill Gates. He's dead now, so be careful. <laughs> Bill Gates is just, he also had a, it was called the Gates Foundation Global Goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. So it's like the Young Shapers or whatever at the World Economic Forum. And one of the hosts of it was Kumar from Harold and Kumar, goes yeah. to White Castle. Yes. Former Obama administration person, he assured everybody there that a lot of people thought that when I quit acting and worked as an aide in the Obama administration that I was a propagandist for the administration. But if I was a propagandist for the administration, then the healthcare website rollout would have gone a lot better. <laughs> that, that was his, his explanation for it. Yeah. And so yeah. he sits down with Gates and Gates just openly talks about the – you know, coming civil war and talks about the experimentation of trust that COVID was worldwide and how people think he's a supervillain, but he's not really a supervillain. He just doesn't understand why people don't get him. 
Yeah, I don't know why people don't like me, but I'm getting into real Andy Rooney territory. <laughs> the, last week, he said something interesting, and it it's escaped a lot of people. But he said, you know, I don't think people people are tired of being told that they have to eat bugs and not eat meat and uh, and not drive cars because he realizes Americans and a lot of people all over the world, they like to drive cars, especially Americans, and uh, and they like to eat meat. And, you know, you can't tell somebody who's eating a steak once a week that they're contributing to the death of the planet when it's so obvious that they aren't. And they're tired of hearing about it. <laughs> but And then to a point you made earlier, we all knew, uh, maybe even before 2020, that there was a program called Build Back Better, that it wasn't just the United States and that it wasn't Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. It is a worldwide initiative, especially in Western countries and in democracies, which can be uh, subversed. It's not really a word, is it? Where they can it is now. fall victim to subversion through uh, that type of thing. And every one of those leaders that spoke in New York City at the UN, if they're Western, if they, like you're the prime minister of Finland or you're the prime minister of New Zealand, they're just figureheads. And they're not like the leaders of the past. They're figureheads who are put in there to help push that initiative everywhere all over the world. And I, I, I hate to sound like, like I'm some, you know, basement dwelling conspiracy. First of all, I don't go in my basement, but second of all, all of this stuff is available and all of it is there yeah. and you can read it and you don't have to go to a fringe website to read it. It's all there. And, and yeah. you just have to look for it. Right. I, I remember in 2016 when, so I was researching that the whole Epstein thing when Trump first started to run, because my assumption was that both of them were associated with him and pedophiles. And I was just wanted to, I was reading through the court documents, I actually talked to one of the lawyers who was representing many of the victims at the time. And what I found out was the lawyer said that of all the people he deposed or, or wanted to depose, that none of them would answer his phone calls. And Ghislaine Maxwell in particular responded to him by saying that she was leaving the country and would never be coming back again because her mom was sick. And then three months later, she was photoed in New York at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. And then he told me that Trump is the only one who responded and who actually helped the case. And so coming out of that, Trump looked a lot better than I thought he would look going into it. And everybody else looked a lot worse. And reading through those documents, you just, it's, He's part of the Council on Foreign Relations. He's uh he's works with the Trilateral Commission. He works with the Rockefeller Foundation. He's buddies with Bill Clinton. These are the reasons why you should give someone facing potentially life in prison a sweetheart deal. And I I sent this stuff about about uh, Epstein founding the Clinton Global Initiative, which it says in that letter that he did, or he was a co-conceiver of it. So it is their baby. It's their baby together. And I sent it to my friend. And this was a, a court document. That is why he got that deal. And my friend goes, I went to the website of the Clinton Global Initiative. I don't see anything about Jeffrey Epstein on it. Okay, you're not going to. <laughs> right. Like they would leave it there. Just that reasoning that people have. It's just cognitive dissonance is a powerful thing, man. Yeah. It's a really powerful thing. When it comes to, to that stuff, Trump pretty much gave up Epstein and, and reached out to this prosecutor or whatever he was. Trump reached out to him and said, I'll gladly tell you everything that Trump kicked Epstein out and banned him from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, and there's pictures of these elite people. It doesn't matter who they are. There's pictures of Elon Musk, uh, Clinton's uh, Trump, you name it with uh, Ghislaine and yeah. uh, Jeffrey Epstein. But that's what their job was, was to hobnob with all these people. Right, and then exactly. I think in a way that we aren't really privy to, um, 
the sex stuff on the island and procuring younger women for these rich, wealthy people, that's to hold hold them uh, to task or to take yeah. them to task and to, to have something on them. Compromise, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and again, why do we not get to see the, the list of people on that on that uh, on that list? Why don't we see the names of the people on that yeah, list? The co-conspirators, as it's yeah. listed. In the, the, yeah. Basically, just be honest, we can swear, right? Yeah. Yeah, the men that were fucking all these teenagers. Right. Let's find out who they are. I think that that'd be a good policy that apparently the the government is not all about that policy. Uh, I think it's one of the things where it's like if they expose this, at least this might be what they're they're telling each other and telling themselves. It would just cripple society and the government as though it might. That, that'd be good because. Right. Exactly. Maybe we get rid of some of this stuff to these yeah. people and we we build back better after that. Yeah. God forbid that an 80,000 year old president might go down. Uh, yeah, the freaking king who was mentored by Jimmy Savile. Right. Exactly. And we can't put two and two together. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you, everything is a leap of faith. If you're, if you're telling people that they have to believe in things and there's things that are misinformation and disinformation, you also have a thing called cognitive uh, ability and ability to deduce and to make connections. That's what our brain is supposed to do is to make connections. And, you know, and it is not a challenge to go, well, Jimmy Savile uh, <laughs> was sort of a mentor to King Charles. Um, gee, I wonder what happened back then. Uh, Sir Jimmy Savile. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Dead now. Good. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you are who you hang out with, really. And if you're with those people all the time, you, you have to either know or you can't just play dumb. Right. And that is what you wonder is how do you not, how do you not know? Really, how do you look at Jimmy Savile <laughs> and not say, uh, I have some questions about that. Like I was in a short film years and years ago. People listening have heard this story before, so I'll make it short. But it, me and my girlfriend at the time were in this short film, and there's this one guy, this one guy who was a little creepy. And he started showing up to shows that uh, we did at Relapse. And I told my friends, we both told our friends, we were like, look, this guy's probably a pedophile. So <laughs> be careful. Don't take a drink from him. And Fast forward years later, like three years, three years ago, three, four years ago, my ex-girlfriend now sends me a text and it's an article. This guy had become a politician in Marietta and mm. had just been arrested for pedophilia for having a relationship with like, I'm like, there was something about him. And there's definitely something about Jimmy Savile because he's just groping women or girl, little girls in yeah. all of his half of his television. It's just creepy, man. And the fact that he was knighted. Can you imagine? I, I remember they had this like four or five day week long morning session, kind of like they did for the queen. Mm -hmm. And then they found his rape dungeon. Yes. And then, oh, God, what are you going to do? Yeah. And he's not the only one. He's not the only one. You, you remember a couple of years ago, the, the whole country went apeshit over this guy, Keith Rainier from Nexium. And that was like, oh, it's sex slaves, blah, 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 blah. A lot of that was overblown. A lot of that was sensationalized. They just didn't like the guy and they wanted him gone. And you can go find that out, too. You know, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some of the people who were also arrested or were co-conspirators, whatever, to the whatever he was doing, they're actually coming out now and, and being forthright about stuff saying you know this was the government really coming at him for a different reason and i think you should look into that too if you're interested but you know that my point with that being is that that was jammed down our throats constantly the podcast the documentary the news and everybody involved in that was named again going back to epstein 
why aren't we finding out who was there? There's pictures of it. You can see John Podesta or maybe his brother. The, the new climate guy, John Podesta, billions yeah. of dollars in charge of distributing and, and executing yeah. the climate agenda. Right. Well, he's there with Clinton. Uh, Bill Gates is there. They're all in the, in the ocean with their shirts off. Uh, and they're all at this little island. Now, Nixon had a nice thing to say about what's that place out in California where they all gather around? Uh, Bilderberg? Yeah, the Bilderberg group. But no, the one in California with the owl uh, that Alex Jones broke into. Uh, it's not the Bil Bilderberg. Is that Bilderberg? I'm not, I'm not sure. No, it's yeah. California, and I, it's, I'm tired, and it's been a long day. I know, I know the one you're talking about. He's got the documentary. Yeah, and uh, Nixon used to say it's the... Uh, I want to say it, and I'm not going to say the F word. He's going to say it's the gayest place on the face of the earth. Yeah, right. And uh, even Clinton made fun of him. He goes, I mean, we're all the, uh, all those Republicans running around without their shirts on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but all those people, they all get together. Even the, even Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead hangs out there or used to hang out there. Well, you need interesting people, man. Bohemian Grove. Thank that's you, Stella. Yes, Bohemian that's the one right there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on Alex Jones? Um, my thoughts on Alex Jones, my first and foremost thought, which is very simple is I, I don't think he should be silenced. Um, either, definitely. I think he's an interesting man. He's very entertaining when it comes to the whole Sandy hook thing. He's not the only person that got caught up in that fervor of it being fake and it being a false flag, which I don't believe. And yeah. I think, I think that, uh, he, he got swept up in this, this, frenzy to discredit some of these parents and there were a lot of weird things going on back then anyway because youtube hadn't start hadn't shut down videos and wasn't kicking videos off so people were making videos to proving why these people are f actors and things like that they weren't really proving it but they were making it in such a way that you go oh my god look at that video he's right right and Even chipper jones tweeted something out about it and he had right. to come out and apologize yeah and and, and it was because of I hate to use the word, but it was because of misinformation. I don't believe it was done intentionally. I think people at base had a, you know, good intentions in mind trying to expose things, but really and sometimes with a history of false flags, it's yes. like you condemn, condemn them for questioning something that we've been conditioned to question at this point. No. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised at all. I remember, uh, you know, listen, if you're alone at your house, and you don't live with anybody and all you do is watch these videos all day and you're just consuming all this stuff. It's going to go into your mind when you're not watching it. You're going to believe it. But I don't think he should be be punished because it's a free speech thing. Uh, and as long as he didn't uh, intentionally cause people harm, I don't think he should lose his business. I think he should continue to be available on any platform. Yeah. But you know that's just the way. He's not kicked off of the platform because of that. He's kicked off of the platform because he goes against uh, current thing narrative. And when you go against current thing narrative, you're not allowed to be on any kind of platform. Absolutely. And th that's what it really boils down to. It's not about that Sandy Hook. It's about going again. It's about questioning and undermining the narrative. I just thought I'd throw that picture on screen. Alex Jones had, uh, was that, Llama? Had Llamas like on in the studio today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, did, I haven't seen today's episode, but I just saw that pop up. Why did he have llamas on? I have no idea. I just saw that pop up before the show, and I listened to like a 30-second clip, and he's like, I, I feel so powerful out of the llamas. Which one's, a, which one's a scary one? He's just walking around among them. Now, here's my little conspiracy thought. I don't necessarily, I don't ever believe that these aren't, these events didn't happen. I believe the people that caused them to happen 
or somehow manipulated into it perhaps or encouraged to do it things happen all over the you look look at all the different ones that have happened um the church and uh, the school um you can look at what happened in las vegas with the guy who shot people at the country show that is a crazy thing and there's a lot underneath that that a lot of people talk about out there that i'm not going to say but you can go look for it yourself yeah that is questionable and, and weird but then you go back even further go back to 1969 and what happened in the summer of 1969 bef- you know besides the landing on the moon uh charles manson the charles manson family look into him go deep on him read Tom beach o- boys right wasn't that part well, of his story beach boy in so much as he hung out with dennis wilson who was one of the beach boys but he hung out with dennis wilson dennis wilson liked having sex with underage girls for free and what does charles manson have well he had a bunch of underage girls with him uh, and they would go mooch off of him, go to his house, take his stuff. Uh, and through Den- uh, through Dennis Wilson, Charles Manson met Terry Melcher. Terry Melcher at the time was a uh, a music producer. Who was Terry Melcher's mother? Doris Day. Who was Terry Melcher's girlfriend? Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen and Terry Melcher lived together on Cielo Drive in that house. They moved, and uh, Roman Polanski moved in there with uh, with Sharon Tate. That's crazy. Yeah, read Tom O'Neill's Chaos. Go back, and I'm sure you know who Mae Brussel is. You heard of her? No, who is that? Mae Brussel was a radio host in Southern California in the late 60s through the 80s when she passed away. But she had a show. Um, oh, God, what was it called? It was called, uh, oh, God, I'll find it. Hang on. Um, she had shows about... Uh, Patty Hearst and how that was a conspiracy. And uh, uh, she was the first radio host to talk about conspiracies. And she was a researcher. She talked about the Kennedys assassinations, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, John Lennon, she always believed was um, was a conspiracy. And uh, Charles Manson was a pa- was a patsy for the government. And so this Operation Chaos, which is proposed by Tom O'Neill, um, is the CIA using these events to cause chaos within the community and to break up any sort of leftist or hippie culture. Now the CIA, I guess, is leftist. I don't know. But it's just curious to me. I'm fascinated with, he's America's most famous serial killer, even though he wasn't a serial killer as far as right, I know. He never he killed him. anybody himself, actually. He killed one guy. He killed. Oh, a, did he kill one guy? Yeah, he shot him. He was tied to a chair and he shot him. I forget his name. And then he said, uh, blame it on... Uh, the Black Panthers, and so obviously wasn't the Black Panthers. Yeah, but a lot of his crazy stuff, like uh, the Bulliosis, um Helter Skelter, and stuff, Manson just made that up, pulled it out of thin air. He didn't believe any of it. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it is nuts how these these people who've reached these prominent positions, almost like clockwork, they have weird connected backgrounds to each other like that. You look at Stacey Abrams, you look at John Ossoff. Do, have, do you know about John Ossoff's dad at all? Well, I know what he's an investment guy and he has a lot of ties to China and he has a boat that flies yeah. a Chinese flag. Right. That that's so I found that boat when we were doing research. Not I found the boat. I found an image of that boat on this obscure obscure website that it was just for these people with like mega yachts and they mm-hmm. go on these mega yacht trips with each other and they take photos with each other. And I, I I don't have it on this computer. I have it on my other computer. I screenshotted it, but it was his boat and he was on, uh, I think he's in the South China Sea or something. And he had, he was flying the Chinese flag and he had Chinese dignitaries on the boat with him. I, I don't know why, but the reason I started looking into his dad is because Ossoff never mentioned his dad ever. 
in mm-hmm. any of his, you know, uh, marketing for his his race. And I was like, is his dad out of the picture? Is he not alive? What's going on? But he is. And he worked in, it was either the Nixon administration or the Johnson administration on the war on terror, or mm-hmm. no, the war on drugs, excuse me. And then he, yeah, I think it was Nixon. I think it was Nixon. And then he ended up going to McKinsey Consulting shortly after that. He just got this real like CIA agent like background. Then he opened up this like consulting agency, which he was running the last time I looked into him, where he part of what he does is he trains CIA agents, among other things. And I'm just like, well, there's why he's not mentioning his dad, his dad ever. Because mm-hmm. it's yeah, a bit I, of a strange background. I don't think John Ossoff is a valuable member of the Senate. I don't think he really exists to do anything but vote yes on everything that he's told to vote yes on. I, yeah, he's white o- millennial Obama. Yeah. He and is basically. He's an empty suit. I think there's a way more substance to Raphael Warnock. Um, so you've seen the attacks on Herschel Walker. Look, I said a while ago, Herschel Walker's probably not the best candidate. to put No, he's just, not, a, not even close yeah. to being the best. A bag of laundry would have done a better job. Right. And uh, I don't, maybe there's a chance that he could win. I highly doubt it. It's like in Pennsylvania, the, the person that the Republicans chose to run for governor, no chance at all. Oz is barely beating a guy who's a, who's a lunk walking around. Even before his stroke, he's just this dumbass, rich kid uh, pretending, LARPing as a, as a communist. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, John. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? This guy who had a stroke is, I mean, he's going to win. He's going to be dragging. Yeah. Well, yeah, but look who he's running against. If they right. had a good candidate. Totally. Not Mehmet Oz. And and in our state, if, if the Republicans had picked a decent candidate, uh, and there were a lot of them, and you never heard about any of them. It was all Herschel Walker. They would easily have defeated Warnock. Yeah. So it, it sounds like maybe they wanted Warnock. And they put they put Herschel Walker in there because I voted. It just, I mean, it's yeah. weird to say. I mean, I voted for him. I couldn't vote uh, for uh, you know the the bird lady. I didn't forget her name. She, I just thought she was a useless waste of space. Um, and she was. I just. I mean, she's no different than any other wealthy uh, person in the Senate. Right. Um, when and, you watch the like Warnock, I was talking about this the other day. Uh, Warnock has some allegations from his ex wife and stuff. He stuff run over her foot with a car and whatever. Yeah. But the you know, there's a difference. And, and Herschel Walker did admit a lot of his stuff. Not all of it sounds like in his book, but that's not the Warnock is just better at being a politician. Yeah. He's better at talking. He's better at presenting himself and, and putting this talking out there. his whole life. He's a preacher. Right. So uh, he knows how to deliver a message. Yeah. Herschel Walker is clearly still learning how to deliver the message. Right. I'm sure he could still run. Uh, <laughs> I mean, or, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to fight him. No, no doubt about that. I wouldn't even, I mean, his son even looks be, uh, buff and everything. I, I thought so too. I wonder if that was one of his sons that he didn't, I guess he didn't have a relationship with that son, obviously. Uh, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So what, let's talk about comedy a, a little bit. Cause I okay. know uh, you're, you're very funny. If you guys haven't listened to the Von Hessler doctrine on WSB, check it out. And you have a new show on what day is it on? Well, the podcast usually runs on Saturday afternoons or evenings, uh, 7 or 8 p.m. Because of football season, it depends on when the Georgia game is. Right. So, Always that UGA. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and if, the, if the Georgia game is at noon, then my show will air that night. And if it's not, then uh, we'll got to find a place for it. But um, I'm recording it now just doing a podcast. So the last episode that dropped this week was Greg Russ from the show and I talking pretty much about 
you know, pop culture and stuff that I sort of the same way that I do on Radio Labyrinth, but um, less focused on, you know, I don't know, reviews and stuff. This is just us shooting the shit. Yeah, and, yeah. But I, I love it. The, the main focus to me of that show and how it evolved is I'm talking to local people who are making things locally, uh, like you know, Sketchworks Comedy, where they're producing Vape the Musical, which is a parody of Grease. There's an interesting story there. The uh, Ark of Lilburn, the guy who built this gigantic metal ship in, in the middle of a, of a building in, in, uh, in, in Lilburn. Yeah. That's where I grew up in Lilburn. Yeah. Yeah, there's a steel company there, and the guy built a boat. And then this whole documentary is about them taking the boat up to Knoxville so they can put it in the river and take it down to the Gulf. And and that stuff's amazing. So anything interesting and fun going on around the city, um, I want to talk to people about. So you're giving attention to to local artists and people doing cool stuff. Local. Yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah, I think people I always thought that there was a lot of cool stuff in Atlanta that didn't get enough attention. I know that uh, I know on your podcast and maybe on saturday show popcast is it popcast yeah the popcast mm -hmm. the popcast okay i know you've talked to our friend josh who has a, a production studio and he does a, a lot of stuff around the city and i know you you've done a show at relapse before back when it was open so you, you've been, you've done like a, a lot of great stuff um highlighting people who aren't going to get the kind of attention the mainstream attention at least right now mm -hmm. whether it's their views or the way they do things or, or or whatever else i like that you bring people on you talk to people who are open-minded and willing to you know consider it, it's not it's considered a crazy thought to to question a mandate to not stand in solidarity with ukraine we saw elon musk tweet his solution to russia ukraine i don't know if you saw that yesterday i did and then the ukraine bots attacked him Totally. And from like an outsider standpoint, if you don't, if you're unaffected by the propaganda and you just look at that, I, I think because I don't know a lot about what's going on in Ukraine. I just know what I see on screens and read about. I've never been there. Uh, I dated a Ukrainian girl once for a couple of months. That's about my extent of understanding Ukraine. Very, very attractive, though, but oh, yeah. very progressive. And uh, so it, it's like you can look at this message that he tweeted out. And, and say, well, that seems like it could be reasonable. Is this, and, and Russia seems open to it. Don't we want to end this war? Don't we not want it to escalate to World War III? Is this not a reasonable proposal? Please correct me if I'm wrong. And the correction is, you're standing with Putin. You get yeah. screamed at. So it's like they take what is what seems reasonable and normal and they make it outrageous and conspiratorial while also at the same time making what is seems insane to me normalized obviously, and the acceptable been, yeah. obviously there's an objective that objective has been there since the obama administration this is how we're going to do things the only hiccup in their plan was the four years that donald trump was in office <clears throat> and all the disproven misinformation disinformation that putin stole the 2016 election all disproven but never uh corrected by any yeah, of the people who right. said it um, that got everybody prepared uh, for what's going to happen. And what happened was shortly after uh, Biden, not even a year, well, a little bit over a year of him being in office, this war starts. But also, but nobody asked the question, well, what, did, what are the connections between Hunter Biden working there and getting money? What is the Burisma connection? Why was Joe Biden <laughs> holding money? Uh, and why did we get involved in the coup in 2014? And uh, why, was Russian disinformation. Trump, why was Donald Trump impeached uh, by the uh, the grand hero uh, uh, Vindman recording the phone call. Vindman, a hero? That guy's a spook. He, <laughs> Did you see him in Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes, and it made me angry. That it I made me it. angry, too.
because there was no reason for him except for Larry David's. And we all know Larry David's a huge leftist. It's a very funny comedy premise, I have to admit. But it pissed yeah. me off to see that guy because that guy is not a hero. It's a terrible he is actor. A CIA too. dude uh, or a or a intelligence dude. But he, he this whole Ukraine thing is ridiculous to me. Why would anybody in the United States give a shit? Not our land. We're sending <laughs> our money to not all of them. Not everybody in Ukraine is a Nazi. No, a lot but of them it, are, though. Yeah. If you do a search on Google, if you do a, you do a time search between like 2012 and 2016 and, and you do all the minuses you can so that modern results, because you can't even do those types of searches, searches anymore on Google. You can even on if you Yandex. Do, that, do what? You can on Yandex, which is. Oh, Russian really? Search. Yandex? It works well? Well, and that, it's a Russian search engine. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get what you're looking for. Yeah. So what comes up is every mainstream publication, CNN, MSNBC, all of them are, we have to talk about the Nazi problem in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Right. Not anymore. Yeah. No. It's gone. Hey, some of those people are good people. Come on, man. Some of those Nazis yeah. are good people. What did you think of his speech, Joe? Or, or, how Who's did you come cool? up with that speech? Joe's speech in front of the Red Dawn, whatever's going on, hellish background. I tell you, I had nothing. To, no, I got to do it in my own voice because A, I have a cold and B, um, it's easier to say it. I, okay. I, maybe I'll, I'll get into it. But that whole thing, obvious, again, to me, obvious that he's not doing any of the planning. He's just show up, read the script, go home. Uh, and that's it. Because whoever came up with that likes the wall. Because <laughs> that was completely the wall. That speech, the, the red and the Marines in the background. Why are the Marines there? And... Uh, I got to tell you, hey, hey, man, get the jab. You get this vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. Remember when you said that? I never said that. Yeah, you did. No. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm convinced that that guy has absolutely no power or control. He, I, he, I don't think he even knows what's going on half the time. Some people think he's acting when he's when he's whatever role, and he'd have to be a fantastic actor. And I've, you've probably seen people who've had a stroke. I mean, we see one running for office right now. So I guess that doesn't really hinder you now because that one guy's running for office. But Joe Biden seems like somebody to me who's had at least one stroke. He's and, never not been a liar in his entire career. He's never, never not been a liar. He's right. a liar, an opportunist, and he just says shit and keeps moving because no one calls him on it. And the same people that tell us that the laptop, the Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation are now telling us that it was definitely not the U.S. that did the thing to the pipeline, which I, I don't know that it was the U.S. I don't know that it really matters who it was. I think it's an escalation either way. But well, we I, I don't know who did it. I don't know who did it, but I don't think Russia did it. Why would they? They could shut it off. Right. Yeah. Don't I don't see any reason why. They, 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 I Where don't do you know. think all this is going? I, I think that it's it's all being done to protect U.S. Uh, dominance of world global policy. And also, uh, we trade most everything in the dollar, and we have to preserve that at every cost. Because if the dollar were to collapse or if nations stopped using it, started using gold like Gaddafi wanted to do, which is why he had to go, pissed off Macron. So Macron had NATO bomb the shit out of Libya. And what happened after Libya, which was the bulwark against uh, illegal... <laughs> immigration into europe uh eh, well now that gaddafi's gone uh it's a it's a pipeline and uh you can look into the new prime minister of italy who wants to stop that but gaddafi oh, the fascist you're talking about the fascist prime minister yeah, the who, one who, who puts god and family first it's going wherever the global uh i don't want to say globalist because people use that as a trigger word for yeah. anti-semites right. and i'm not that at all um 
but these these uh, policymakers, think tanks, NGOs, there's a there's a they want to get rid of Russia, and then your only adversary will be China. And China, to me, I think is probably a paper tiger, but probably a more uh, difficult to defeat than Russia. I get conflicted about what's going on with China because reading all the World Economic Forum stuff, listening to what they have to say, they seem to love China. China is clearly, you know, oh, they have some power in Hollywood. Loves China, right? Yeah. Yes. So it's like they're our adversary, but it's also like they're not our. It's it's almost like it's a pretend adversary. Like I, I feel like they're trying to lower America's standing in the world, even China up to take away the whole idea. Maybe America is still still leads but not in name because we're funding the war. You know, they make it seem like it's NATO that's backing. It's us. It's yeah, America. Us. That's yeah. another thing Trump did that was that was I thought good was to say to the European countries, you have to pay your share. We've been covering your nut for the last 40, 50 years, 60 years, however long NATO's been around. And none of these countries were paying. And uh Germany not paying. Germany, you know, laughing at him in the UN when he said uh what was going to happen if they didn't go with his plan. And look what happened. He was exactly right. And they're laughing at him. Um, there was no war for four years anywhere. I mean, we had to do what we had to do. And he eventually gave weapons to Ukraine. Uh, didn't want to. Um, but we're just we're just pushing. And there are derisive terms being used out there by people who are against it. But there is a global initiative. And that is 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 to make all of us good consumers and to control every aspect of our lives. Social credit. I think we're going to have that here eventually. It'll be tougher to get here. Yeah. Um, uh, gun confiscation, which again will be difficult to do here. Um, a lot of things. The Constitution of the United States is a burden to these people. Absolutely, and they make that clear in every one of these panel discussion think tanks, psychological warfare. I, I watch these things all the time, and the one common theme you always hear is, well, China and Russia can do it a lot. Well, they don't have the Constitution. They have a whole society approach, so we're kind of at a disadvantage. And England, they all hate didn't have, England didn't have a Constitution. There was a story in the news this week about a woman who had posted a bunch of stuff on Kiwi Farms, allegedly, and police came to her house and arrested her in front of her kids. Dude, that's took nice. all their computers, took everybody's iPhone, illegally confiscated it. But in England, they don't have. And can you imagine being a police officer in England and your job? And by the way, you have a massive immigration crime problem all over the country, especially in urban areas. They have horrible crime that are underreported uh, and, and just brushed away, brushed, swept under the rug. Uh, but to arrest somebody for posting something on a, on a forum because that wasn't nice about a trans person, which if that's what you're going to do with your time, then I feel bad for you because why would you go to a forum and say, I don't like somebody that's dumb, but right. you shouldn't go to jail for it. <laughs> no, it's, I, that's not going to help anything. No, that? it's, it's going to, yeah. And what are you going to go to a re-education camp? Yeah. Everybody you have to become is, trans. That's, that's the punishment is you have to actually I, become trans. Everybody has to become Winston Smith. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, again, I don't have to agree with anything this woman stands for. Other than the fact that she has a right to have her opinion and the right to disagree and 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 still live in the same place without hating each other is yeah yeah they would have snuffed that out yeah like Gina Carano who obviously wasn't trans or any I mean obviously wasn't anti-trans people or anti anybody she was just being funny and expressing it loses her job with Disney loses all that lucrative yeah. Star Wars money and and on the flip side of that Bill Burr tones down his act get all the Star Wars money and get all the Netflix shows you know what I mean. Yeah. Did, did you see the... Absolutely. It, it, 
I can't, don't even get me started on like Netflix shows and all these shows. I, I don't care what somebody chooses to be, but it's like you can't turn on a show these days w- without it just over the top hammering you in the head with this agenda. And it takes away from the storyline. Like, if it's part of the storyline and the story is about interesting stuff, then fine. I don't care. Like I, I would use Bat. I think it was, was it Batwoman or Batgirl was on uh, Bat CW. Girl. Yeah, I, I would use that as an example, which a lot of people don't realize that radio voice at the beginning of that show was Rachel Maddow, who's an actress. Mm-hmm. And She's always been an actress, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And she looks like Stephen Colbert, too. I'm, I get them mistaken all the time. But that Stephen show Cole. was all about the, the lesbian relationships. It was just it was nothing. It was nothing about being bat, bat woman, bat girl. It was about the, their lesbian relationships, and that's I. There's nothing wrong with that at all, right? Except for jamming it into. It doesn't make sense to jam it into that that comic book world, right? At all. I'll give you an example of a show that has all of those things in it, but never mentions them. They're just there, and it's a show called I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. Tim Robinson show. Have you ever seen that? The sketch, no. sketch comedy show. Do you ever watch mm. it? Every kind of character walk of life is is portrayed in that. Like you're, you'll be at a party scene and all these friends are hanging out or they're at dinner and stuff. You have everybody there, but there's no attention drawn to it. They're just acting and they're playing roles. And that's what it should be about. It should be, I have a character in this thing that I've written and it's a character. And if you can do that character, if you can do what I have them doing on the paper and what I think that they're, they're, their character is, I don't care what color you are or what gender you are or who you have sex with or anything. That is how things should be done. Uh, retrofitting old characters that are beloved uh, with new, uh, you know what I'm getting to. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing because it's not coming from a, a negative place. I'm just right. saying you don't have to go back and reverse engineer a character to make it relevant to today. You just make a new character or you make a new show or you make something else. And it's lazy. It is lazy writing and it's lazy to, you know, do all that. It's like going Snow White is now or the the Little Mermaid. I don't care what you do. Yeah, I don't care either. And I know why they're doing it because they want to make more money. That is the only reason. If it wouldn't, if it weren't going to make Disney a shitload of money. They do what they'd always done, which is we're bringing it out of the vault and you can get it for a limited time only with these DVD extras. Well, nobody buys DVDs anymore yeah. and you, you can't keep it suppressed. So what do you do? You change it. Right. I think my favorite, uh, trans character show is have you, the new saved by the bell did you see any of those episodes no, i didn't watch the original because i was in college when i was on and i felt weird watching it well <laughs> the original saved by the bell they had kelly kapowski i'm sure you're familiar and they had zach and slater that was two yeah. cool guys fighting over the hot chick and and, and that's that is a young gen x older millennial show for sure but yeah I don't and, know who they are right and so uh, as a kid you know you're like oh kelly kapowski man super i mean that's that's the, like when you're you know you know what i mean and, and so fast forward to the new one which kelly and zach are like he's the governor or something and and josh and i watch a few episodes of this we watch these shows and make fun of them sometimes <laughs> and so there's a girl the hot cheerleader so there's zach's son there's slater's son and jesse spano's son and then there's the hot so it's the same dynamic right except the yes. hot cheerleader is trans is a trans girl right yeah and so you can't tell. So it's somebody who became trans as a kid. And so you can't tell just by looking at it. And I just, I thought it would have been cruel and funny, kind of, if they would have waited till the end of the season to tell people that this was a trans character because they made a big deal out of it right away. Yes. I wish they would have waited to the end of the season. So 
you know, all, all the all these people watching it who are, uh, you know, maybe doing a little, you know. Yeah, I mean? we're thinking you know? the exact same thing. And, and, uh, <laughs> I, we are, yes, because then you go, <laughs> oh my god! It's like those Maury Povich shows where they say, "Guess the trans." They have all the hot chicks walk down there. Yeah. You're like, uh, you're like a quagmire when quagmire when they say that Hanson are boys. <laughs> they <laughs> are. Ah. yeah yeah exactly it's i don't know that's probably on purpose to cause some of that confusion stella here was wondering if they're just trying to to kill the entertainment industry you know i i'm conflicted about whether they're trying to kill it or they're trying to direct it in a certain path and force it upon people Uh, they are killing it it seems like it's killing itself because it's too large they're you know there there's too many options you go listen i'll use the diner the greek-owned diner uh when you have a menu that has 700 items, not everything's going to be fresh and not everything's going to taste the way it's supposed to taste. And it might not be very good. You know, sometimes the sausage and pancakes you get at a diner are a suspect. Now a place that just sells breakfast shit, they have everything, everything in order like waffle house. Okay. Waffle houses, everything tastes the way it's supposed to taste. Everything's, you know, but again, the more options you have, the more watered down the flavor will be. And there are way too many options now, which is why shows like Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai never would have been on television 10 years ago, let alone 20. And now, because there's so many options, you can make that. It can be a hit and hit show and, uh, and that and, and, and other things. Like you can do a, a classic reboot and make it good or, or a reworking of something. Uh, you can create a new uh, show like, uh, God, what was it called? Raised by Wolves, which was a very interesting uh, HBO science fiction show about Earth settling another planet and another solar system or whatever fascinating interesting show but uh canceled because nobody watched it so right, you know right. the, the people are taking risks and stuff uh and then you have deplatforming, and then you have people comedians before we wrap because i gotta yeah. go soon, yeah. but, but we we're talking about comedians in, in the state of comedy i spent a good maybe six years not paying any attention to comedy and i love stand-up comedy Me i used too. to i used to go see comedy all the time Maybe even seven years. I wasn't watching anything. And then this year I decided to get off my high horse and start looking into people that I knew were popular and big. So um, Tim Dillon, I think he's hilarious. I started, yeah. I started, you know, I stopped being a prick and started listening to these people. You have Tom Segura uh, and Burt Kreischer I've known for a long time because he used to come on the regular guys. But Segura, Kreischer, Tim Dillon, I think Tim Dillon was talking with, uh, with Burt Kreischer about this. Because of the success of the platform they've created for themselves, they are now in a position to make their own sitcoms and they don't have to go groveling to any network. They can pay their actor friends. They can pay the producers. They can pay the, uh, the line producers. They can pay the, 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 the technical people, the editors, all that do it themselves, put it out on YouTube or if YouTube won't allow it, put it out on their own website, sell the episodes. Louis CK leased the show that was banned that he made and now offers it for sale on his website. And it does very, very well. He made a movie. I mean, you can do this stuff on your own. You don't yeah. need the big corporate media. And that I completely agree. That's what, what I was going to say about Sam early on in the show was he's been going around touring, and I, I think he's he's been selling out a lot. Chrissy Chrissy Mayer, uh, same thing. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, yeah, I follow her on Twitter. She's funny. Yeah, she used to come to the village. Might, might have even come to the relapse a few times and did a show back in the day. I mean, like 10 years ago, maybe. I, I, I know some people that know her. And, and she, she's kind of made a name name for herself in the in the podcast world. She's very funny, and now she has that audience, and she schedules shows around the country. And that audience that she reaches digitally comes and see them live. And, 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 do what you broke up a little bit there. I didn't say anything. 
Oh, I, I thought I thought yeah, I thought you jumped in there. Um, yeah, so dog barking. Yeah, so they have these opportunities now, and I, I I've been talking about doing more stuff myself, which I, I I do a little bit every now and then. I used to do like seven shows a week, like, like stand up, improv. I, we used to film stuff all the time. I, past few years, I haven't been doing as much, just for a variety of reasons, and I. I see the opportunity there and I've talked to our, our mutual friend about it too. It was like, man, there's this, we need to just come out of the closet with your libertarianists or whatever. And, and cause she's surrounded by progressives all the time. Just embrace it, embrace it. And, and what, what do they say at Facebook? They say lean into it because the audience is there. The audience, yeah. I think they're starved for it because Stephen Colbert is CNN late night. Jimmy Kimmel is, is Stephen Colbert on another network just with a little bit of more of a dick. It's terrible. It, when Greg Gutfield is is getting the ratings over them and greg gutfield is not a comedian then the state of comedy is bad and there's opportunities there yeah and uh we're not going to get those opportunities on a network no. but if it hadn't been for trump stephen colbert would have been out of a job yeah. six years ago and jimmy kimmel i don't know what happened to him i never thought he was that funny to begin with i didn't either i didn't like the man show i thought it was dumb but that's just me and that was my personal taste i thought it was stupid um, nothing against Jimmy Kimmel. I liked him on Win Ben Stein's Money. Uh, I liked Crank Anchors, okay? Yeah. But I don't like his talk show. Um, to me, and it's because um, I'm a jerk, the talk shows are Conan, Johnny Carson, um, yeah. Craig Ferguson, and of course, David Letterman. But yeah. uh, the stuff I grew up with, where you could have a long form, where David Letterman could do a three-segment interview with G. Gordon Liddy and carry that over um, mm -hmm. and found that fascinating. Um, he's and, so quick witted. He's so he's so good in an interview. Yes, yes. And these guys now, that's all agenda. Stephen Colbert, all he has in is is an agenda. You know, <laughs> yeah. The show. If you're marketing, if you're doing little cartoons and animations promoting something that the government wants you to promote, then you are not uh, original, and you're not a comedian. You're just uh, aping something someone told you to do. He does live shows. You know how they do live shows after the Super Bowl? We're live uh -huh. after the He does live shows after the January 6th hearings. Yeah. Yeah, and who is that for? I mean, that's the biggest waste of time and money, which we could talk about some other show. <laughs> totally, dude. Yeah, I love pointing out the obvious stage production. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, the laugh lines and the the applause signs, because sometimes they, they don't realize it, and you can tell, oh, they just flip the applause sign on because the snaps yeah. and the claps come in. Yeah. And, and by the way, if everybody had done what I did on January 6th, which was to sit glued to live streams all day like a fanatic weirdo, um, you would realize that a lot of this is fabricated and a lot of those people were let in by police. And I don't want to get into it because it has nothing to do with whether or not the election was fraudulent, which I don't think it was. Um, it's uh, it's. It's just ridiculous. It's all theater. It's all designed to make you hate each other and to keep you from uniting. That's my, I mean, that's my ultimate message. Totally. A united, a united citizenry would not allow the fuckery that's going on right now. Absolutely. And that divide and rule strategy is what they rely on, is they keep yes. us fighting with each other, not realizing that it's them exercising that control. I had the same uh, belief about Jan 6. I, I said on this show for, as soon as I heard about that, I was like, don't go. Don't go. There's going to be provocateurs oh, in yeah. there. Don't, Don't do go. it. We interviewed some people who went. They showed us pictures. The pictures we saw, and we didn't post them because uh, it, Monica actually had the forethought say we shouldn't post these because what if you know that gets them in trouble? Which turned out she was absolutely right. Oh, yeah. About, about that. And, and but we saw a bunch of people, old people and Chinese people who like Trump just chilling and walking around. Of course, there's the other side which we didn't see, which I think probably the provocateurs were in. But what what I worry about, and we'll wrap up. I know you got to get out of here. Is 
uh, the midterm election thing because I think they're setting up poll workers to be patsies, honestly. Mm. Well, I hope not. I hope I it hope goes off without a hitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tim, tell us again where everybody can find you. I appreciate you coming on. I'd love to do it again sometime. I know we could have yeah, a, too, a man. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, uh, you can find me uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on the Von Hessler Doctrine on WSB Radio. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at uh, Tim Andrews here, which is real easy. Um, let's see. Uh, the podcast podcast is available on all of your platforms and radio labyrinth. We have a YouTube channel and, uh, you can watch us there. Uh, my, uh, my, our producer and co-host Dustin does a great job making that into a, a, you know, a little mini television show with lots of graphics and clips and stuff. He's awesome. And, uh, of course you can just listen to it as well on any platform, radio labyrinth, the podcast or the Von Nessler doctrine. Fantastic, Tim. I appreciate it. You guys can find the Propaganda Report wherever you find your podcast or the new website, propagandafight.com. We'll talk to you guys. That's the website? Let me write that down. Yeah, write that down. Propagandafight.com. I have a few web URLs I'm testing. That's what I'm going with right now. I like that. I like that. Have me on again sometime, and you can come on mine. We can shoot the shoot the breeze. Totally, man. I love talking about pop culture. I love your pop culture stuff, too. So we, we can definitely dive into some other subjects as well, too. I loved it, man. Thanks again, and have a good show coming up. We'll talk to you next time. See you all later.